All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golick. Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr., Jesse Cofield holding it down for us in the DraftKings studio in Boston. We are brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. Awesome show ready for you guys today. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating and check us out live Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, right here on DraftKingsNetwork.com. DraftKings YouTube channel, Samsung TV Plus, Roku. Grab a friend, tell them, let them know what we're doing over here. Charlotte Wilder is going to stop by for a Wilder Tuesday. So no, in advance, when Charlotte shows up for the second hour, no, it is not Wednesday. No, you're not late for your appointments or anything like that. She's just showing up a day early because we had to shift some things around in the schedule because that's showbiz, baby. But uh, speaking of showbiz, we had a lot to get to today. Monday Night Football doubleheader that delivered in ways I... I did not think we're going to be possible going into last night. And so, Jesse, let's get right to it with this incredible soundbite from our buddy Will Levis. Yeah, you're not going to want to miss this. Why can't people just be nicer on Twitter? All of this is anarchy. Eat Arby's. Hey, hang banners. I would love it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. 
messy without the teeth in there so that it could be off or completely disturbing. I know, that was very disturbing. Disturbing for all of us. But happy birthday, senior. Yes, happy birthday to the big guy. Dad, 61 today. That did not sound like Will Levis at all, uh, yeah. quite honestly. And I wish I looked like Will Levis. I mean, after one of the scores when he was, you know, hitting that pose, I was like, oh, my God. Uh, I, for my 61st birthday, I w- that's my birthday wish, that I could take my shirt off in public and people would be like, wow, nice body. But unfortunately, that's long gone. <laughs> but thank you very, very Dad, much. 61 years yeah. old, yeah. Yeah, so unfortunately at 61 there are way too many of my friends on the internet that wish you would take your shirt off publicly. That's where we've arrived at life. So you're not doing too bad. <laughs> hey, there we go. We can make that happen for them. But we also have a very special graphic we want to show you. That's on this day, December 12th, 1962. Here's what was going on back in the day. The top song was Big Girls Don't Cry. Okay. The top movie on this date was Mutiny on the Bounty. Wow. Um, If you went to the grocery store to buy a gallon of milk, you would pay 35 cents. And some notable birthdays that you share, Frank Sinatra, who turned 47 on that day, and uh, Bob Barker, who turned 39. And someone who turned 65 on this day today is my mom. So you actually share a birthday with my mom, too. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Oh, that's very cool. Happy birthday to your mother. And yep. also the family that we hung out with, uh, hang out with the Perianos all the time growing up, uh, their daughter, Claire, Mike's friend, Jake's friend, Sydney's friend, Claire, it's her birthday today as well. She's Jake's age. So happy birthday to you, Claire, as well. Happy birthday just to your mom. That is very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, but it's 61. It's, you know, it's not like, you really celebrate them anymore. You know, they're happy they're here because they're here and you're here. But other than that, you know, you kind of just move along with, with your day. Uh, but uh, it is, uh, I, I appreciate it very much. Well, we hope you do something to celebrate, Senior. Oh, the one thing when I came home from the Dallas uh, Philly game is my, my wife, Chris, made some cookies. So there is a bit of cookies in there. Some of my favorite ones, the ones that have the Hershey Kiss, you know, on top. Oh, I yeah. Love those. I love, love those cookies. So I will, uh, I will enjoy a few of those on my birthday. I'll put a candle in them, and I will eat them. So, yes, uh, Jesse, I will enjoy myself today. Thank you. Okay, good. Glad you're here. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Did you and call the rest your mother? Of the yet? family will also use my father's birthday as an excuse to eat cake. So there's that part of it too for the rest of us. So thank you for that gift, Dad. Wow, what a gift. And, and somehow, somehow Sydney, your your sister Sydney, my daughter Sydney, will work out in effect in a way that she feels she deserves a present today and to spend some of my money. That's kind of what she does on my birthday as well. She'll maybe use your money to buy you a gift. Oh, oh the, she's been doing that already for decades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, got a, yeah. he's got a whole laundry list of those gifts. So happy oh, birthday yeah. to Jesse's mom. Happy birthday to Claire. Happy birthday, Deb. We love you. We're glad you're here. Yep. And uh, and we're going to try and celebrate with the 
a gift that we want to give to you, which is the platform to talk about what the hell went on in Monday Night Football with wow. one of our foremost Italian-American quarterbacks and the most jacked quarterback in the NFL, both finding a way to win that I'd have to imagine is going to delight members of Gold's Gyms across this great nation this morning as they gather around the squat rack, around the leg press to talk about what these two guys did. That Tennessee Titans comeback, Dad, how improbable was it since 2016? Teams down 14 with under three minutes left, which the Titans were down to the Dolphins at that juncture, were 0 and 767 heading into last night. Incredibly impressive performance from the rookie Will Levis, dad, who has kind of ridden the roller coaster through this back half of his rookie season since he's taken over as the starter. This looked like when we saw him that first time out, cutting it loose down the field, him and DeAndre Hopkins were unstoppable. Yeah, they really were. 23 of 38, 327, most uh, passing yards by a rookie on Monday Night Football ever. Touchdown, interception, as you meant, uh, and one interception. But he was on fire, and this team was on fire after it's like they gave away the game to Miami, right? That's 13 all, two turnovers later, all of a sudden it's 27 to 13 with like four some minutes to go. And, and the, the shots of Mike Vrabel on the sideline were way different than, than what he looked like when I was golfing with him in Tahoe when we had a beer in his hand and he was hitting drives 320 yards. He looked a lot different last night as he was anguishing over the turnovers and what was going wrong uh, on the field there. And all of a sudden, this high-scoring offense in Miami puts two or more on the board and has up 27 to 13 with four-something to go. And then give Tennessee credit. It's 13-and-a-half-point dogs. Th- this was the thing. They came down and they scored. They got the ball with four some minutes ago. They score that touchdown to get within a touchdown with 240 to go. And, I mean, at that point, Mike, and I know it's a full game and you go, but, you, you know, and there's a lot of plays in it. But you look at situations. Miami felt like it was a five-second three and out after that, right? I mean, yep. they put it this way. Tennessee scored with 240 to go to be one score down, got the ball back, and was with inside Miami's 10-yard line at the two-minute warning. That's how quickly Miami's three and out was and how quickly Tennessee moved back down the field. Tennessee scored with about a buck 49 left. Uh, so Miami still had time to go downfield and try and kick a field goal to win. So... Uh, horrible on the Miami offense, not being able to close out the game, certainly on the defense to not be able to stop that Tennessee offense. But congrats again to the bodybuilding Will Levis, who just hit a, like I said, hit a pose on the sideline. And I did that, you know, they do that crab thing. And I'm like, wow, I do the crab and nothing happens. You know, he does it. I mean, veins are popping in his arms and his forearms and his neck. I'm like, wow. Pretty impressive, but what a what a great win. I mean, what a great win for them, and we'll get to the Giants as well. I mean, man, that's why it's football. These are we, we talked about these as what if games, what games can cost you. Miami's still gonna make the playoffs unless the bottom completely falls out. Green Bay is tinkering uh on the edge of that, sitting what in the uh in the seventh slot right now. So this could be one of those games they look back on and say, you know, Tommy DeVito got us, you know, and knocked us out of the possibly knocked us out of the playoffs. This is that classic what if game if things don't go your way in the rest of the regular season because these are these are two games Miami and Green Bay should have won. 
Well, and, and for Miami, we've talked about them relative to their battle for the one seed, jockeying with right. a team like yep. the uh, Baltimore Ravens that Baltimore. we just saw get a big win this weekend. And, Dad, it was a lot of what we worried about with the Dolphins going into this game that we talked about not expecting Jeffrey Simmons out for the Tennessee Titans. Would their D-line be able to get it done? Per next-gen stats, Tua was pressured on 39% of his dropbacks last night and sacked five times. When facing pressure, Tua was 4 of 11 for 27 yards on the night. Without pressure, he was 19 of 22 for 213. And so it's the usual formula that we've seen when Miami has struggled this season. And again, injuries early last night on the offensive line obviously the biggest injury of the night and the moment that this became dad what i'd call a freaky friday game where it seemed like one borfed into the body of the other was the two was the uh, tyreek hill ankle injury on yes, the sideline yeah. on what was a missed horse collar call his ankle yep. injury completely changed the outcome of this game because when you look at the box score dad this tennessee titans team outgained them outpassed them they were more productive because so many of the points for Miami, like you said, came off of muffed punt, interception from Will Levis backed up in his own end zone to start the game, uh, the botched exchange towards the end of the game that was the series immediately right. after, the muffed punt that gave Miami a short field. Besides that, their offense was not able to push it downfield. Instead, Will Levis up over 300 yards passing because he went bombs away again, and that connection with him and DeAndre Hopkins was what we're used to seeing with Tua and Tyreek Hill. Now, Tyreek was able to come into the beginning of the fourth quarter and kind of spark that run, but they were not able to have him on the field consistently enough because of that injury and we saw if you're looking to make an mvp case for tyree kill buddy last night it showed up sometimes it's that yeah. you got to take them out of the context to see how valuable they are and man it's hard not to look at that and say tyree kill continues to be the most important player on this team without a doubt i, I was stunned he came back i mean uh i i love after he said he texted his wife in the locker room at halftime different world than when i played that's for sure uh texting your wife uh at halftime and it said he said his wife told him to get the hell back out on the field and play <laughs> and 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 that he did and made some catches but you're right it wasn't the normal uh tyreek hill night for sure so you know you do have questions about miami but they sit there and they have a two-game lead on buffalo remember buffalo beat them once already this year and the rest of Miami's schedule, while they play the Jets next, I mean, but that Jets defense has been playing some ball. Then they play Dallas, Baltimore, and finish with Buffalo. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you got a nice lead right now, but boy, you could kind of see that slip away. We saw the, the couple-game lead that the Eagles had, and within two weeks, that's gone. And while they're tied with Dallas, Dallas technically in the division lead right now. So could could get interesting there. Green Bay, on the other hand, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Minnesota, Chicago. Uh, not murderer's row, but, you know, the, these teams, we see them like we saw Tennessee last night in the Giants. These teams can step up, you know, especially if they have nothing to play for. You play. It's amazing how much more loose you play, which is kind of weird. Yep. Uh, how loose you play when you have nothing to play for. And everybody will say, well, why don't you play that way? You know, when you have everything to play for, great question. It's a great question. Uh, but you just, it seems a little more tense at times in the bigger games. For me, anyway, now the great players probably do, but for players like me and sure. uh, Mike, you were probably this way as well. I didn't want to let down my team. I didn't want to make a mistake. You know, I didn't want to be that guy that let my team down. And quite honestly, it's a tough way to play. 
instead of playing to make a play, sometimes in a bad, tough situation, players are playing to not make a bad play. And that can be the difference in kind of letting it go. We saw Zach Wilson just caution to the wind, especially in that second half. They let him go. And he was like told his teammates during the week, well, what the hell can go wrong? They bench me for the fourth time. So what? And it is amazing when you just kind of whip the ball around and let it go, how, how well it can go at times. it's so true and and I I don't know how to explain it as someone like man I got sat down my senior year and basically told you don't start playing better we're gonna play somebody else so when you're going out there in every snap you're thinking about this could be it this could be the last play that I'm on the field that does something to your brain I think everybody's been in a situation where you care so much about what's going on and like you said you don't want to certainly ruin your own opportunities you definitely don't want to let down the people around you that you know have worked very hard and so sometimes you grip the wheel a little bit too tight and that was not the case last night will levis looked like a guy that was certainly playing free and has them in a good position where this is what we're used to with mike vrabel he is nfl's macgyver he's cut from that mike tomlin mold of he's gonna make the best of what's around every time and somehow find a chance to win these games he shouldn't you've seen plenty of good stuff from will levis that if you're a titans fan should get you excited about the future there's still some stuff that's raw there but man he is tough he put his body on the line on multiple occasions he's mobile enough to make things happen and that connection between him and right now your best receiver and deandre hopkins he wasn't afraid to hum that thing in here dad if we've learned one thing this year if you're a quarterback and a coach on a losing team one of the best things that you can do is just keep your best skill skill position players happy they did it in vegas throwing the ball to Devontae adams all the time and in tennessee they figured out hey if nothing else get the ball to the future hall of famer and good things might happen That's exactly right. Exactly right. And think about that division in the big picture, that AFC South of the young quarterbacks. You have, we, we, you know, it's been out of sight, out of mind. Anthony Richardson, right, for the Colts. He'll be the guy for the Colts. You got, obviously, Levis for Tennessee. And then C.J. Stroud having himself an incredible year, a lock for for Offensive Rookie of the Year uh, in there as well. And then, obviously, Trevor Lawrence. But three of the four rookie quarterbacks with Richardson being out with the shoulder injury. But a lot of young, talented quarterbacks there to see how they grow with that division. A lot of young, talented quarterbacks. And then there's our large Italian son, Tommy. The scenes last night in New York were incredible. I, I, I like the game dad yes like the Giants like Saquon Barkley incredible night the Giants ground game certainly carries the day Tommy DeVito yep. rushes for 71 yards of his own throws an eight yard touchdown to, uh, eight yard touchdown pass to Isaiah Hodgins finishes 17 of 21 for a buck 58 and that score but dad this is about everything surrounding this yes they get a great win great for Brian Dable and company great for the response of this team like you said playing with much less on their plate but everybody ate last night between the visuals of Tommy DeVito's agent dressed like a person who says the Batman on the sideline between Tommy DeVito's family that Jesse do you have the quote that Tommy DeVito's dad gave to the New York Post about the setup that we saw in the parking lot of MetLife with this family think of like a Thanksgiving turkey drive but for Christmas and for Italians and that was the scene that we apparently had in the parking lots last night I don't have the exact quote in front of me but what I can tell you is that he said to the post he said we're gonna give them exactly what they've been asking for they said they're gonna have a hundred chicken cutlets they said they were gonna have 
um, Hero Sandwiches, Big Ziti. He said, they've been begging for it. We're going to give it to them. It was literally the most Italian thing you've ever heard in your life. I mean, they're just playing right into this thing right there. They're, and more power to them. We were having fun. When is Tommy going to invite the team over to his house, you know, or, or he's staying and mom, you know, breaking all the food. But they're playing into it more than any of us are playing into it. And good for them because you listen, they are riding the wave right now. And you have no idea how long that wave is going to go. Tommy is playing well, but they backed it up, Mike, as you said. When you can have your quarterback only throw it 21 times and you run it 34 times for over 200 yards, things are going your way. And that's the best thing you can do for a young quarterback, especially a young quarterback who wasn't really expected to be out there. Uh, let's protect them that way. But it does go 17 of 21, as you mentioned. You know, uh, you know no, 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 not too crazy of throws. They were living on the ground game. And this is why we all said Saquon Barkley was so important. We meant it in a way for them to make the playoffs. But still, in a game like this, you know, to be able to do what he did. But I love how the family's playing into it. So, we, you know, for, for those outside that would play into it and those people that would say, don't play into those stereotypes, they're doing it. They're doing it more than anybody's doing it, right? And they're enjoying it. And good for them. Good for them to enjoy this thing. They are making the most of this. I saw Brian yeah. Dayball said, he's like, I, I, there's an extra bit of pressure when you've got 300 family members showing up to the game <laughs> and you've got all this going on. Dad, you know this. We hear coaches talk about all the time, the outside noise, ticket requests, people that I'm sure have been coming out of the woodwork for Tommy in the last few weeks here to try and get over to these games. And so to be at home and have his family kind of be able to take charge on this stuff, but then to go out there and to just see the way the teams embraced it. You've got shots in oh. the post-game yeah. locker room awesome. of everybody giving the Italian hands every touchdown celebration it's a legitimate phenomenon right now dad not since like Lynn Sanity in New York has I think one athlete come and so swept up so quickly the like the psyche of one town do you want to be the one that goes against the family hmm? that's a great point I don't want to be the one that goes against his agent we'll have Charlotte Wilder with more reporting on Sean Stolano his agent coming up in a bit Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome and with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic 
research, development, and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great in convenience, too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently, just like any other routine health habit. And Seed subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine, again, with no refrigeration required. So, trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25gojo to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Uh, what seat is very hot in the NFL? Brandon Staley's Chargers racked up Another loss on Sunday to Denver. Guys, are you frankly surprised that he's still the head coach today? So far? It's early. Um, in this day and age, yes. Like, I, I, based on what we usually see, Dad, which is a lot of knee-jerk decisions and yeah. shorter and shorter leashes for quarterbacks league-wide, we've already seen multiple firings this year. Yes, I am a bit surprised. I'm somewhat heartened by it. Like, I don't like seeing guys get thrown out no. the door very early on in the middle of the season. It, it doesn't really help the team a ton. It's a little bit different in college in certain ways, but... I, I am a bit surprised, especially considering the loss this last weekend. Denver's turned it around. We need to, if we haven't already, flip the context around that team. That's an actual good football team that the Chargers lost to. Obviously, losing your starting quarterback in Justin Herbert, and who knows now what they're going to have as far as availability for him the rest of the season, changes the equation. They join a laundry list of teams that now has that to point to as the reason why things aren't going to be good, but they have been trending in a bad direction for a while now. Well, well, they had, and, and that's the thing. It's the bigger picture here of the expectation uh, for them to take that next step, and they just haven't done it. Uh, and, and whenever the head coach's side of the ball is the failing side, it gets magnified. He's a defensive coach. That defense has been struggling, and we, we almost weekly question why the offense isn't better. Again, Williams being out, but Keenan Allen – right near the top of receiving yards. Herbert, Austin Eckler had some, obviously missed some games, but, you know, we, we know what, what he can be uh, as well in offense. So it's, it's just flat out been an underachieving team. So in the bigger picture here, because, Mike, yeah, we're, we're, we're not one of those that are going to sit there and pound a table and say, this guy's awful, he couldn't coach, you know, and dethrow whatever and say he should be gone. It's ridiculous to do. You know, he's, he's an NFL coach. And he's having a hard time. Josh McDaniels did it twice, got fired twice. Brandon Staley is probably not going to survive this. And, and it's a shame, but it happens every single year. And then the fact is, as, as Jesse said, you know, we surprised it hasn't been done. You do it during the season for a couple of reasons. One, locker room. And you talk about maybe with the Raiders and Josh McDaniels, how just how it got so bad sure. that they had to get it out. Frank Wright, you started to hear reports of assistant coaches – you know, going directly to the owner about things that needed to be done. So maybe things weren't as hunky-dory on that side of it either as well. But Tepper, the owner with Carolina, has always had the quick, uh, quick trigger finger to fire. So that didn't surprise a lot of people. And then the other reason is to get a jump on hiring your next coach. Now, uh, you're not supposed to talk to people that have jobs, but we all know how that works. But at least if you don't have a head coach, you are free to kind of start searching names in what direction that you want to go. So that would be the only reason 
I would have thought in the Chargers case that that might happen during the season. So you start that. But, you know, hope the guy hangs on to his job as long as he possibly can. But I, I have a feeling and, and I think most do that. It's, it's not going to last there. Yeah, my worry is always also, too, for the assistants on the staff. Like, that affects so many other people outside of just the head coach who they're usually going to have other opportunities. Brandon Staley, I'd imagine, is still, even if it's not as a head coach, going to get opportunities as a coordinator back in this league. We see that happen all the time, but there are people far on down that staff who are affected by this in much more adverse ways. But you're right. This is not, it feels like a a not if, but when type of situation for that organization. They announced that Justin uh, Herbert has a fractured index finger. And so given where they are in the season, dad would be shocked if we saw him again, considering what the organization's invested in him, he's going to be there. And whoever they're trying to sell this next job to, he is going to be the thing they hold out and say, you're going to walk into the party with one of the five or 10 most talented quarterbacks in the NFL one of the most accomplished quarterbacks in terms of statistics for his age that we've ever had anytime you've got guys that are ticking off the Mahomes and Andrew Luck records you're usually in pretty good company well and and we've talked about this before and it'll start to get talked about more as the season is coming to an end and and as we said you know we, we never call for it but it's usually four to seven coaches a year and then so what does that next coach if that next possible coach has a choice out there what do you look for and we talk about quarterbacks and ownership right and you have a owner with a quick uh, quick uh, pull finger out in Carolina and a young quarterback you know in in with the Raiders do you even have your quarterback is Aiden O'Connell going to get the shot you know next year or are you moving on completely it's the Chargers if in fact Staley is going to be gone where you have that ready-made quarterback and what seems a lot of talent that I think would be the kind of the light bulb going on for a coach that has his choice of where I want to choose to go we'll see there's still time Brandon Staley is still the head coach there still trying to finish out the season but that's going to start to be talked about in these last few weeks they're seeding in the playoffs who are the best teams in the NFL and then it's okay if this team doesn't have a coach anymore who are the hot coaching candidates are there going to be retreads out there is there going to be a whole set of new coordinators who become head coaches for the first time so that's that's the talk on both sides of the coin as you come to the end of the nfl season you mentioned aiden o'connell uh as one of the confusing parts of this and the raiders unsure of their quarterback situation jesse they're not the only ones right now this season especially now with the herbert injury added on top of this we could get extended east and stick reps seems to be one that's trending this way for almost everybody yeah, so like in that 4 p.m. window on Sunday, we had a great quarterback matchup, right? We had Allen and Mahomes. But then Breer pointed out, we also had Nick Mullins, Aiden O'Connell, Easton Stick, and Drew Locke. So I do hate to ask this, you know, of a defensive lineman here, but do we need to figure out a way to protect the quarterback more? We're playing stop with it. all these. Come on, stop all these it. backup quarterbacks. Come on. Will you stop it, please? Someone, someone turn her mic off. I, this is what you do to me on my birthday? I mean, could, could, we just had Richard Sherman on, and he was saying that things from the times when he played to the times when I played to what's going on now, they can't do anymore to protect the quarterback. What, what rule could they make 
anymore that would protect the quarterback anymore. You can't tackle him at all. That's where we go next. You can't hit him low. You can't hit him, obviously, in the head. You can't land on him with your full weight. I mean, what can you do? And th- and I've asked you asked the other way on this, Mike. You know I've asked you this. We've had it, it was a few weeks ago. We were at 50 starting quarterbacks, and obviously that number has gone up. Your mother and I were going through each team, and I can't do it as quick off the top of my head, on how many teams this year are on multiple quarterbacks. And and my thought was I reversed it and said, if the ratings aren't going down, quit protecting the quarterback so much because that's why that's why they have all these rules to keep the superstars on the field, which is the quarterbacks, to keep the pretty boys out there so people want to tune in. So we have had a, a massacre of starting quarterbacks this year. And I said, if the ratings aren't down, then let's stop protecting them so much because people are watching the games, not the quarterback, it, even though I know that's kind of not true. I was going to say, it's an objectively worse product this year. This is like in 2017 where we had (laughs) that Final Four that was largely backups and people wondered if we'd become a quarterback agnostic league. And that's never going to be how it works. The (laughs) thing I have seen talked about is, do we have an offensive line problem? Our quarterback's not being protected well enough. And I thought Nate Tice, who does a great job over at The Athletic and is a former quarterback himself, stated the case pretty well. And I'm paraphrasing, but it's this idea of like, hey, when you become a league that drops back to pass a lot more, when you've got quarterbacks frequently attempting 50 passes during the body of a game pass protection's hard like if you give these freak show d linemen and i think one of the things that has changed dad is we've talked about this before you found a home for all the tweeners all the guys that would have been lost to the sands of time because they weren't big enough or whatever now just become specialized pass rushers and put in situations where they get athletic mismatches and more cracks at the quarterback we've talked about what a defensive year it's been and when you give those guys enough opportunity yes there are things about off offensive line development that have suffered that have become stagnant that absolutely could get referenced but you've got a league that's got more weapons on defense to go along with that more opportunities for them to affect the game than ever before we're seeing more stunts on the d-line more overloads more guys standing up on the on the d-line to confuse the offensive line good luck to al michaels this thursday aiden o'connell versus easton stick on thursday night football god continues to give his toughest battles to al michaels his strongest soldier every thursday the nba playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba with same game parlays live betting odds boosts and so much more don't miss out as the nba postseason winds down and if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Good 
Gojo and Golik. So guys, we have learned more about Shohei Otani's historic deal. So over the next 10 years, by Shohei's choice, he's going to be paid $2 million annually by the Dodgers. He asked for and agreed to have 97% of his salary, $680 million of the $700 million in the 10-year contract, deferred without interest, payable over 10 years after this playing contract expires. Guys, unicorn of a player, unicorn of a deal, and obviously he's doing this so that they can build the pieces around him to because he wants to win. That's why he's doing it. Yeah, this is uh this is what happens when you've got the luxury of making the kind of money that he is making away from the diamond uh in his back pocket right now. Shohei Atani, even by doing this, so over the life of this deal with the Dodgers, he's gonna get two million dollars a year every year. But off the field, he expects to earn about $50 million next season, up from about $40 million. This season, he's going to have his own line of New Balance shoes. And so, Dad, it's the old Rob Gronkowski line where he always talked about he lived off his endorsement money, and then he pocketed everything he made in the NFL. And for Shohei Itani, who I'd imagine coming from an Angels organization that didn't do a lot of winning, who made this decision largely because, as we saw in the World Baseball Classic, that man is starving for some actual championship well, run and postseason fun, decided okay I can truly have my cake and eat it too here because by the way on the back end of all this if he's not living in California when this deal ends he gets to avoid the California state income tax on all of this deferred money for him so it's somehow a win-win and the rich continue to get richer the biggest difference between like baseball and football we always talk about Tom Brady would take less so in the hard cap the team would have more to spend right Shohei Otani isn't taking less, gang. He's getting every cent of his money just in a different way. So another big difference of pay in baseball and football, especially when you have a hard cap. And without going too far into the weeds on why he's doing this, you know, it's all about that competitive uh, balance tax payroll that baseball has and what counts against it. This would have been 70 million, uh, but because of the deferred money, it will be about 46 million. Of, of that, $44 million has to be put aside every year in escrow. It's kind of like Deshaun Watson's money with Cleveland. When you have guaranteed money in the NFL, whatever that guaranteed amount is for the life of the contract, not just for the year, but for the life. So when Deshaun Watson signs fully guaranteed $230 million, $230 million by the Haslams, the owner of the Browns, has to be set aside in escrow. To, to, to have that money there. So any of that guaranteed. So that number went way down for what the Dodgers have to set aside and for the tax bill uh, as well. He'll get all his money, the rest of the $680 million after this 10-year deal ends in 2033. So 2034 to 2043, he'll get $68 million a year uh and right, right, right like you said mike wherever he's going to live however the tax affects that but he's able to help his team without taking a pay cut like you have to do in the nfl to help your team sometimes restructuring and not taking a pay cut you can help your team sure but there are times and we know tom brady has been the bell cow of this tom brady takes less money to help his team so teams try and get other quarterbacks to do it Again, no less money taken here, just a different way to be paid.
Well, and Dad, a different way that's raising alarm. I saw Jared Carabas tweet yesterday and a lot of people agreed, like this doesn't feel like you should be allowed to do this with what it affords them. It's essentially a tax loophole that they're maximizing here and in a way that's going to grossly affect the rest of this offseason like it's going to give them the money to potentially spend on more free agents and for a lot of people pointing at one of his countrymen and Yoshinobu Yamamoto who is expected to be one of the prized free agent pissing act pitching acquisitions of this <laughs> offseason he's won three straight versions of Japan's Cy Young award here he's earned the Pacific League most valuable player and between him and Josh Hader it now opens up the door for them to go in full super team this thing much to the dismay of I'd imagine the rest of major league baseball who is not operating with as deep of pockets and and in the collective bargaining agreement so while this was probably talked about in the cba hey yeah you can defer money and we can do just what i talked about you play less against the tax blah 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 in that cba it didn't put a limit on the amount of money that yeah. can be deferred so that's why you're seeing 680 million of the 700 deferred here's why i don't think this starts an avalanche mike i don't think most players are going to do this i don't think most players are going to give up a lot of not give up but transfer a lot of money they want and most money people will say get your money now it's kind of like the lottery when you win it take the set take the buyout take it take the money get it working for you and even when you have a lot of money, still, you know, you know how that is. You want more or you want it working for you. Shoei, I think, is going to be, you know, Jesse has used the term unicorn. I think he's going to be a unicorn in this way, especially to this amount. You're going to probably see other players get paid a lot to defer some money. But to defer this much, I don't think this all of a sudden is going to become a thing to start deferring this much money. Yeah, these are higher order problems that Shohei Itani is dealing with and that the Dodgers are going through with him. And, and, and you're right, because I saw a lot of people basically saying, well, get ready for a lockout in 2026 or whenever this collective bargaining agreement's going to be up because this is going to be something that people are going to fight over. And you've brought this up for years as someone that was for a long time a part of a union, was a part of a union that struck is very rarely are decisions for a union easily made now this could be different coming from the ownership side and if it were something right. like a lockout that's right. usually where it happens is are other owners are other people around baseball going to look at what's gone on here and willingly sign up for this again because i'm with you from a player's side you hardly ever let the events or the actions of one person that's why in the nfl when we talk about stuff like the franchise tag it's always a difficult prospect to try and consider change because it affects comparatively so few people people always advocate for something like being able to let a college player go one and done out of college football and change the rules on that even though it comparatively affects very few players so why are you going to give up something at the negotiating table for that i wonder if other owners around major league baseball and other people in power there are going to look yeah. at this situation yep. and say all right well now especially if the dodgers go and rip off a run here which right. we still got to right. wait and see you still got to actually play the games but if they're able to do something like that in a situation where they've really gotten to play with some funny money here i don't know how well that's going to sit with the other people making decisions for teams see this is and mike we've talked about this for i've done it for a couple of decades and you as long as you've been doing this as well baseball is one of the biggest haves and have-nots out there right because as we mentioned yesterday while there's no ceiling there's the tax you have to deal with there's no floor as we said 
Shohei Otani's his average was 70 mil a year. It was more than two entire teams starting payroll at the beginning of the season. I mean, that that's crazy. It's crazy. But and every now and then I have not has a great year and wins a World Series, and everybody says, see, you can do it, right? Well, most of the time, you can't. It is the biggest disparity of those who have the money and those who don't. So then you get, this is one where owners will go at each other more, I think, than in other sports as well, because there is such a difference in the haves and the have-nots, and the have-nots wanting more, and the haves wanting to keep what they have and even get more. So Going to be interesting. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, wait a minute. NFL players restructure their deal to help their team. Yes, they do. And their base salary for that year is lower. That lowers the cap number. But they get all that made-up money in a signing bonus check. They get a monster check written to them. You would love to restructure your deal in the NFL because your base salary goes down, but they hand you a monster check that makes up for a lot of the signing bonus that they can spread over the rest of the contract to keep your cap low. So you're getting a boatload of money right there up front. Yeah, every sport's got loopholes that people try and yeah. exploit financially. Yeah. Everyone's got clever accounting. This is the most egregious version of that we've ever seen, and it's right. going to allow the Dodgers to continue to go out and do the thing that's ticking off the rest of baseball right now, which is have the offseason where one of the biggest name brand franchises with some of the most money is able to go out and just throw all of that, shoot it out of the money cannon at players, and make things happen. <laughs> what you just described, Dad, we talked about this chasing tail signs and all the things tracking flights the other day major league baseball sounds a lot like college football in certain regards between the disparity of the haves and have-nots welcome back to gojo and golik a lot going on in the nfl and with the golden globe nominees being announced yesterday what better time to hand out some awards, okay? So we are going to do that. A favorite here, some superlatives. We love to do it. Um, an old reunion favorite, actually. This is one that we're going to use. Who traveled the furthest in week 14 is going to be our first superlative. Traveled the furthest to be here. That could be spiritually, emotionally, you know, <laughs> any way you want to take this. <laughs> Fellas, let's go. Well, I wanted to ask you guys first because I didn't even realize this and our producer Drew did a great job putting this together with the Globes. I completely forgot the Golden Globes were like a thing coming up here. Do award shows matter to anybody anymore? Do no. we watch any no. of these things? No. Like every once in a while, I feel like I parachute on the Oscar. I saw the Grammys was trying to do a celebration of hip hop, which given their usual treatment of that musical genre and the main awards there, that's awful rich coming from them. But it feels like we've really lost yeah. award shows as one of the mainstays of society. Yeah, 100%. I think people just don't care anymore they don't want to see all the actors like all these richy riches sitting in a room oh. together being like we our craft is just so it's so hard our craft and then they'll be like and yeah. also world peace and everyone's just like okay yeah. get out of here yeah our craft is so tough and let's how can we save the world and how are you topping any ratings of will smith pop and chris rock yeah i mean right you slap her so, around the so world yeah yeah so yeah. If, if you're not going to top that rating wise you know you move on um, so uh, mine for this one is, uh, I, I love the question, 
to me, you know, you have some nice stories, you know, with Joe Flacco coming back, what Brandon Aubrey did. He was he was my first team all weekend. But those are all like all to the goods, right? Especially for Aubrey. Flacco, they lost the first start. He came out strong and then they had a little trouble, but he's been going well. To me, it's got to be Zach Wilson, right? Zach Wilson's been benched three times. That Zach Wilson, where's he? He's had to be emotionally from being the face of the Jets to being cast aside to see, sit and watch how Aaron Rodgers does it, to being the guy, to being not the guy, to being the guy, to being not the guy, and now being the guy again, being accused of saying, I don't want to play, you know, for this team and get hurt at the end of the year when I'm going to be somewhere else. The emotional roller coaster this kid has been on has been amazing. And he came out and had a, a wonderful game last week. So kudos to him for that. I, I, I guess the only thing with Zach is I would say how far he's come to get here. Like, I don't know where here is with Zach Wilson yet because we've seen flashes of this, right? This isn't new for Zach Wilson. He got a win this weekend the same way he played well against the Kansas City Chiefs earlier in the season. And then we saw things shrivel back into a pumpkin again. It's not saying I wish it for the guy, but it's more saying I don't know how far we've actually come with Zach at this point. And that was the hope everyone had this offseason, right, Dad? Was... Right. Well, Aaron yes. Rodgers is in town. So now that stress we talked about is off of him. He's been able to learn from Aaron in camp. Like going through one offseason program in training camp with the dude wasn't going to fix the things no. that were wrong no. with Zach Wilson's game. We've known he's got talent. I mean, hell, in this last game, he actually did one of the throws, Dad. You remember the pro day throw heard around the world where yes. Zach Wilson, yes. where he's rolling yes. left and throwing back right. He <laughs> did it in the game this time. He actually he put did. that on wax in a way that still probably wasn't advisable in the game but worked out pretty well because he's got a good receiver down on the other end there so uh, I do wonder with that one I, I would probably say but if we're going to go in that regard and again this to me may be a little bit more viable at least in my mind because that I'll still go with Josh Dobbs like kind of the similar career mm. path or season path as Zach Wilson and the fact that he did end up getting benched at the end of this last game they flirted with it beforehand but man Josh Dobbs and the roller coaster he's ridden this season I still don't think we can lose sight of given the fact that now he's yeah. become something of a regular starter and seems to be trending towards the decline. The thing about it is with him is is he has a nameplate on that roller coaster, right? I mean, he's ridden yeah. that roller coaster before. He, he runs that roller coaster, that's for sure. Okay, so guys. true, so true. All right, so we've got that one. What do we got next, Jesse? Most likely to succeed wild card edition. Ooh, getting oh. spicy here. So... Which team most likely to make the playoffs of ones that are sitting out right now? Who do we like? Well, looking at the AFC, Dad, let's start with there, as we've got here the Bills, Bengals, Texans, and Broncos here. Obviously, for the Texans, they would have been the darling a week ago, but all of the injury, including to their starting quarterback yes, and star yes. rookie C.J. Yeah. Stroud, certainly clouds some of that. Tank Dell, you lost. Nico Collins down with injury this week. Yeah. So things look a little shaky there. Bills, listen, we don't even have to talk necessarily about the wild card for Buffalo. The division is not out of the realm of possibility, as we talked about off the top, given what's going on with the Miami Dolphins. So Buffalo seems like the Michael Myers, like you didn't kill him enough and so now you hear the piano music in the background and they're hunting you down that's a scary team this Broncos team is a scary team right now but based on the way they're playing and based on the way their quarterback is especially dad I'm not counting out Buffalo that's a scary football team right now 
Buffalo, they have the Cowboys this week. Then they have the Chargers, the Patriots, and they finish up with the Dolphins, though we're, you know, we're, we're again, head-scratching on the Dolphins anyway. So I think that's a good one. You go there. You know what? I'll go Denver because I, I, I agree. I think the Texans are starting to hit that injury bug. Your top two receivers now. I mean, while C.J. Stroud has been fantastic, having those receivers has certainly helped him. Uh, so I think that's going to be difficult for them. I definitely think Pittsburgh is going to fall out of the playoff picture. So I'm, I'm going to go with Denver, who take plays Detroit this week, then New England, the Chargers, and Las Vegas. That's where they finish up. And they're playing ball. Everybody talk about Russell Wilson in the offense. It's been the defense that has been, that has been just incredible. And playing a Detroit team, I'm really looking forward to being at this game, to seeing how re- Detroit responds from what went on this past weekend and what everybody thought of them and where they are. But you go Bills, I'll go Broncos. As And I do think one of those teams for sure is getting in uh, without question. If the Broncos make the playoffs, there's got to be a strong consideration for Sean Payton to get coached yes. here, right? Yes. Like, I know we've talked Absolutely. about a bunch of different candidates on this show. Mina Kimes brought up uh, Shane Steichen in Indianapolis and the job that he's done with a backup quarterback. There's certainly going to be D'Amico Ryan since we know where the Texans have come from to now. But if Denver's able to complete the mission here, Dad, after what an abject disaster last year was, I, I don't see how Sean Payton's not at least on the medal stand with the job that he's done and an identity that is not the one we're normally thinking about when we think of Sean Payton and how he's produced in the past. So I totally agree with you. You there jesse let's get one more in here look can we go to biggest blunder for the weekend please please let's go to biggest blunder um a nominee here would be <laughs> definitely be tony romo for calling taylor swift um travis kelsey's wife mm. we mm. i wish you could have seen my face dad biggest blunder of the weekend most people are going to think of the Kadarius tony offsides call on what could have been a play that as patrick mahomes said helped define travis kelsey's hall of fame legacy which is already secure but a play that would have lived in the annals of time they probably would have been sending his shoes or something to the hall of fame after that one (laughs) but tony romo with the slip of the tongue in the booth saying travis kelsey's wife when referencing taylor swift being shown there tree pain her publicist who i found out is a real person and not just a tiktok phenomenon had to be going into overdrive at that point i wasn't sure if tony knew something or if he just slipped up here but either way dad that's not a mistake you make with her no 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 was it a mistake or was it a you know kind of oh please how does tony romo you think tony romo was there jesse this is what analysts do we gather information during the week we talk to players we talk to coaches we talk to surrounding people in this case would you try and talk to to taylor swift is she's going to be it's part of the storyline right it's all part of the storyline so maybe he i'm just making that up he had a slip of the tongue yeah i just you think taylor swift's talking to anybody no yeah Tony Tony Romo's powers of prediction have like long since I think gone away from where he originally started there like (laughs) season one Tony Romo we'd have been like oh man he's dialed in he might know something here this point Tony Romo does my favorite thing in the world which is just continually in situations where the analyst normally has to predict just ask Jim Nance what do you think here Jim and so I'd imagine Tony in this spot go I don't know Jim do you think they're gonna work out long term do you think we're hearing wedding bells in the near future Jim I don't know 
Oh my gosh. Uh, Answer a question a with a question. Boy. Coming up next, speaking of special, let's get to our friend Charlotte Wilder on some great reporting of Tommy DeVito next. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.